0: U.S. DOT's Intelligent Transportation Systems Joint Program Office coordinates ITS activities among all DOT offices. Ken Leonard heads up the JPO, and on Thursday, he addressed New Jersey DOT's research showcase. After his keynote address, I spoke with him and asked him what he sees as the federal government's role in developing connected and automated vehicles, as well as other aspects of ITS.
1: I think the federal government has played an important role, and I'm proud of the role that the ITS Joint Program Office has played in developing intelligent transportation systems technologies and particularly connected vehicles. So that's a particularly good example. The government has been investing in this area for over a dozen years, starting with some fundamental research. A lot of it went very well. We learned some things not to do. It's like Thomas Edison said, he learned a thousand ways not to make a light bulb before he learned how to make one. I think we've learned how to make that light bulb. We've developed the safety technology on connected vehicles. And as you've seen in recent news, the secretary announced that we had made the decision. NHTSA, the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, came out with their advance notice of proposed rulemaking. And we're preparing to release a request for information to get information on the security certificate management system. So the government plays an important role, in part because we set the vehicle safety standards. Uh, NHTSA sets those vehicle safety standards. Federal highway sets guidance for the states and how to build and deploy the infrastructure that's necessary to do all this. So the federal government, we help build an environment where technologies can be adopted by consumers, by manufacturers, by states and localities to increase the safety and the efficiency and the mobility that travelers have in the system and to make freight move more effectively. So I think the federal government plays a very important role, and we're seeing That role come to fruition now, and industry's starting to step up. They've been our partner all along. Academia's been our partner all along. But now industry is ready to to come forward with products that are going to bring this into the hands of consumers.
0: We see the terms autonomous, automated, connected with vehicles being used interchangeably. But during your talk, you said there is a difference. Explain a little bit what that difference is, please.
1: So when I talk about just even connected vehicles, because that's a term that's widely used and, in my opinion, not used the same way. Some people think of connected vehicles as getting the Internet into the car, and that's not the context in which we mean it. When we talk about connected vehicles, we're talking about a very specific application, which is dedicated short-range communication on 5.9 gigahertz specifically that shares safety information about the vehicle's speed, location, intent, and shares that with the other vehicles that are around the broadcasting vehicle for a range of about 300 meters. So that's a connected vehicle in the context in which I'm referring to it. And then you hear a lot about autonomous vehicles. And to me, autonomous means totally self-contained. It's using onboard sensors and radars, LIDARs, other optical technologies, infrared, to sense the immediate environment around it and really make decisions as to where it's going. We see, and I believe there's a growing consensus in this area, that connected automation, an autonomous vehicle that has the communications capacity to extend the range of the onboard sensors through information that's coming from other vehicles so that it can understand the intent of other vehicles, is a is a significantly safer and more effective way than to have truly autonomous vehicles that don't know what the other vehicles around it are planning on doing. And so when we talk about connected connected, automated, and autonomous. We're really talking about different functions. I see autonomous vehicles. We need that autonomous functionality, but I think the practical applications of truly autonomous vehicles will tend to be in a failure mode when communications fail or for slow motion operations, slow movement robotic type operations that you see on factory floors, in automated farming, and those kind of applications where autonomous is really the way to go.
0: You touched on this in your last answer. Radio spectrum is something that's going to be necessary for autonomous, automated, connected vehicles. It's something that is necessary for other aspects of ITS. But your background is technology. You know that spectrum is something that's needed for many different aspects of technology. How do we get that spectrum that's necessary and hold on to what is needed?
1: Spectrum is critical. I mean, it's essential to what we're doing with connected vehicles. And fortunately. We already have that technology. The FCC licenses a spectrum, and they've licensed the 5.9 gigahertz band to two entities, the Intelligent Transportation Society of America and ASHTO, the American Association of State and Highway Transportation Officials. So those two organizations reserve this spectrum, uh, filed for the FCC license. It was granted over a decade ago exactly for the purposes that we've now developed and we're going to see implemented over the next decade. And so we have the spectrum. Now, of course, there's a lot of interest. Spectrum is a valuable commodity, and there's a lot of pressure on Spectrum and its uses. And of course, there's greater demands for Wi-Fi. We're all Wi-Fi consumers. We value it. We're also consumers of transportation services, and we value that. We value the safety That connected vehicles can bring. So we're working with the various constituencies. We're working with the Federal Communications Commission and the NTIA to make sure that there is no interference with the safety applications of DSRC in connected vehicle applications. So we're working with industry members. Uh, We're evaluating proposals. We absolutely want to make sure that we keep people alive and that we take advantage of the life-saving potential that connected vehicles can bring. And at the same time, if there is a way, if a technology develops that makes it possible to share a spectrum in that same band, then we're willing to work with industry to make that possible, too.
0: When you talk about connected vehicles, you mentioned connected trucks, obviously connected cars. You said there are even connected motorcycles. And one example, perhaps, of a connected bicycle. What about connected pedestrians?
1: Absolutely. We talk about V to I. We talk about V to V. We also talk about V to X, which is V to everything else. There is already some industry experimentation in this area, Uh, some software tunable chips in cell phones where the cell phone can broadcast through an app on the 5.9 frequency. It can be picked up by a vehicle that's equipped with DSRC and see that a pedestrian is present and walking into the intersection. And so pedestrian fatalities are down overall. The trend line over the last 40 or 50 years has been generally positive from 50,000 fatalities 40 or 50 years ago to 30,000 now. And when you think about the increase in operations, the decline in the rate of fatalities has been even greater. The increase in pedestrian fatalities and bicyclists is on the rise. And so this is an area we take very seriously. It's one of the Secretary's key initiatives. And so the potential for connected pedestrians, the pedestrian gets the warning and the vehicle gets the warning. And it's that communication of information, getting people's eyes off of their cell phones, and paying attention to the traffic around them that will help keep them safe. And then also alerting the vehicle operator to a pedestrian that they might see. They might be obscured by a sign. They might be obscured by another vehicle. Or maybe they're wearing dark clothing and an asphalt background and and not quite visible to the driver. So connected pedestrians is a distinct possibility in an application that we would encourage. And I'd say that it can also potentially help special use cases. A reasonably fit person can cross an intersection in a certain amount of time. Someone uh, with a disability or someone who uh, is slowed down by uh, an injury or age might take a little bit longer, and the technology can be tuned. So for those occasions when you have a special need person, someone who needs an extra 10 seconds to cross that intersection, the light can be responsive to that and the traffic can be aware that that pedestrian is still in the crosswalk and working their way across that crosswalk slowly.
0: So I think there's great promise here. In West Windsor, New Jersey, this is Bernie Wagonblast, Transportation Radio.